0: Hello, uh, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. Uh, My name is K.P. Burke. I'm your host here today. Uh, Our first episode was very well received, so we're going to go ahead and keep plowing forward this thing. One of the reviews I got was, uh, it's like NPR with (laughs) F-bombs,
1: which I thought was
0: interesting. But uh, in studio behind the ones and twos for us is my buddy, the Big Kahuna, taking care of us as a sound engineer today. What's
1: going on, everybody? How you doing?
0: Uh, We're here at a shared universe studio, so uh, thank you again, Ming and Zapsic. You guys are taking good care of us. Larry Burke abandoned me. It's the elephant in the room.
1: Uh All right?
0: My father says he's going to be here every week. He's going to be the co-host. We're going to dive into the history of America's Biggest Losers. And then the second the show takes off, he bails.
2: (laughs) (laughs) After episode one. Yeah. So we got your
1: cousin in here instead, though.
0: We do. I have uh, The only person I thought could be uh, the appropriate fill-in for my father is... um, cousin Kelly all that's
2: right? nice I don't think I could fill in he's much more intelligent and much funnier than I am yeah but we'll you're
0: see. also not in southern Maryland right now which is a huge advantage <laughs> <for> yeah <everyone. laughs> You're not
1: in another state, so Just you're automatically. Just based on his
2: Snapchat like, map, I'm here.
1: <laughs> wait, your dad has Snapchat? No, I wish.
2: <laughs> no, I do. My, his oh, okay. Map showed that I was in the location. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs>
0: now, my father's Facebook is hilarious too because uh, he's so blunt with how he handles stuff. He's like, uh, I was like, oh, dad, you have like 30 friend requests, and they're like from people he knows. He goes, Yeah, I don't want to deal with them though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I knew I liked your dad for a reason.
0: Well, he, hmm. he literally said, I thought it was hilarious because the way he said it he just goes uh, someone's like oh uh, how, come, how come your dad didn't like that comment or whatever and he just goes oh uh, yeah I didn't like it <laughs> like, he actually didn't like it and I then disliked that's why, it <laughs> exactly but he is going to be back moving forward here because my handsome dilf of a father will be the, uh, the co-host on this one. he's going to be the Ed McMahon on this one. so Kelly thank you very much for filling in
2: oh happy to
0: I appreciate it it's, uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question here real quick um, do you guys know off the top of your head how many presidents have been assassinated It's tough, in right? office? Yeah. Two? Four. Four? I was
2: yep. going to say three.
0: Yep, it's four. So like off the top of your head here real quick, uh, you, we can name the big marquee ones, right? Yeah,
1: so Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But um, one was shot but then died a few days later, I remember. I, yeah, I know. This his, is... I forgot who that was. No,
0: wait, we're right, we're going to get into it because uh, the, in, the two other ones that were interesting was one was uh, President McKinley, right?
1: What? He was
0: killed. Yeah, he was killed in his second term. Which is interesting because that's the reason Teddy Roosevelt became president. So when McKinley was killed, it put Teddy Roosevelt into power and he completely changed the country. That's one of the most important assassinations of all time. But The
2: best assassination ever.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It worked out good for everybody. <laughs> wow. But there's a fourth one and he is – this is why I'm going to consider him an American loser because he is the forgotten assassinated president, James A. Garfield.
1: Oh my God, you're right. Yep.
0: We're going to dive right in on him today because he's a fascinating dude. But oh. about halfway through the podcast, though, we're going to see this sharp left that we have to take in order to tell this guy's story the right way. So he's pretty interesting. Because when you have, you think of like duos, right? Like people whose legacy is tied to another person. You think of, uh, off the top of my head, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Obama, Bill,
1: Joe Biden, <laughs> <laughs> Bill,
0: Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady, and uh, James A. Garfield. And Charles J. Gitu, have you ever heard of that?
1: I've heard of Garfield, but I've never heard of Egg. How do you? What was his name?
0: Gitu. Gitu. Right, like uh, say it like you're the lead singer of the Darkness, and you're saying guitar.
1: Gitu. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I wasn't ready for
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> gitu. So, Kel, do you know anything about James A. Garfield? off the
1: top of your head,
2: I know about Andrew Garfield. This is uh, Spider-Man. That's
1: about <laughs> it. I know
2: about the cat. They're definitely
1: distant relatives.
2: Garfield and friends know that. Don't know a lot about James
0: Garfield. Oddly, the Garfield uh, character was named after uh, Jim Davis's grandfather, I believe, who was named after James A. Garfield, the president. Mm-hmm. So, little fast facts here for you. Here, I do this one at uh, mess with my friends at the bar sometimes. He was the twentieth president of the United States. Okay, so this is early on, right? It was the uh, late 1800s, so it was post-Civil War when he became president. So, interesting dude. The only sitting House member to ever be elected president. He was on the House of Representatives forever, right? So he was just a fixture in Washington and then finally gets the biggest promotion and it doesn't last that long. Oh, All right?
1: How long was he in office for?
0: Here's the crazy part. He is the second president to ever be assassinated, all right? He's completely forgotten about in these details. But he was the president from March 4th, 1881 to September 19th, 1881.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> you,
0: you ever take uh, Wow? Yeah, you ever take a semester off from college and come back? That's you would have missed his presidency.
2: <laughs> so he was pretty much assassinated right after Lincoln was assassinated.
0: Uh, what would it be? It would have been twenty years, right? Which there's other weird details that link those two assassinations up too that I want to get to.
1: Ooh, um, we got a conspiracy up in here now.
0: It's uh, almost even not a conspiracy. It's almost like a yeah. That's exactly what happened.
1: <laughs>
0: but. They go ahead now. If you think about it, so that time frame—this is less than a baseball season. This guy was president no. for—he would have made it to the All-Star break and then kind of fizzled out somewhere, you know, <laughs> like around the time that the Mets are eliminated mathematically from the playoffs. That's fizzled when this out.
1: Guy, he died. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty abrupt. That's a damn horrible way to go out.
0: <laughs> but luckily, oh I assume God. Kelly, you're a Yankees fan like the rest of us, right? Um.
2: No. If I have to pick a team, i would pick the Yankees, yeah. but I'm not a baseball girl.
0: Uh, well, you know what? That's the pro- uh, American Loser could be exclusively about the New York Mets. That's how it happens with that one. Poor Danny A., right? <laughs> but uh, here's his background. Just a little bit of stuff so we can kind of get to know the dude as we're about to decide whether or not he's an American Loser. He was born in Ohio in a log cabin.
2: Loser. Yeah?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely
1: log cabin automatic like qualification (laughs) we're gonna have to like come up with you're gonna have to come up with like a list like if he meets this criteria he's like leaning towards a loser (laughs)
2: right off the (laughs) jump
0: which is cool because uh what people don't realize about that though is that when you're born in like humble background like like Abe Lincoln is the log cabin president they always talk about that uh Andrew Jackson was uh poor his entire life and then these guys went on to become the leaders of you know what would go on to be the free world but you're now the president of the United States. It's, it's the people's office. That's a really cool kind of a connection because nowadays you don't know how to get started. Like I asked my dad last week, Kelly, if you wanted to get into politics right now, what would be – do you even know how to do it?
2: I'd need people to give me money.
0: <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> it's a money grab. I mean, Yeah. So there's almost like the idea
1: – Like the first step to actually go about it. Like you mean, yeah, or like just what, what general? Yeah, like what would be
0: – because these guys back then, there was like a, a – they almost all have the same qualifications. Everybody's a lawyer. They always work in some sort of a smaller office and build their way up to it. And uh, Garfield was no different because uh, what was cool about him, though, is that he fought in the Civil War. He was a lieutenant colonel, and he led the 42nd Ohio, which fought in uh, Shiloh and Chickamauga. Shiloh, one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War. So this guy saw action. And he had no military background prior to the war, but he was just a good leader. Dude knew what he was doing, Right. So he did not want to get out of the Army once it was over, but he was elected uh, to represent Ohio in the U.S. House of Representatives. And He didn't want to leave because he was a major general at the time. And uh, it was kind of a weird thing because he was forced to resign so that he could fill in the job at the House of Representatives. That's backwards, isn't it? You kind of not wait to get out of the Army so you can go do your cushy job out in Washington, you'd think.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> right, but he wanted to keep fighting.
0: Well, uh the war was over at this point. He was uh he was a major general. He reached that rank, so he jumped up quite a bit, right? And then the guy who forced him to come do his job, uh maybe you guys have heard of him Abraham Lincoln wrote to him and said like, "Dude, you got to you got to show up for work, man. You're in, <laughs> you work for me now in a different capacity." <laughs> if you had to get advice from Abraham Lincoln, uh what what would you want to ask him for advice on, Kell?
2: I don't know. Wow. What I would ask Abraham Lincoln um Where's the best seat in the theater? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Lincoln? That's what you get for abusing your movie pass, all right? <laughs> we said no outside food,
1: Mr. Lincoln.
2: He's sneaking his that's... candy in his bag.
1: No, he's sneaking it in the top hat. <laughs> oh, that's the best. He just drops a... a you just see Skittles drop on the ground. <laughs> he... It's all slow motion. Fuck. slow motion skittles start dropping
0: (laughs) but he finally shows up right he comes in he's going to be he's now accepting his position in the U.S. House of Representatives and at the time he was uh, at the brand new Republican Party and they were staunch anti-slavery okay this was like the, the still the cause du jour because um, keep in mind, this is right after the Civil War. So now you're kind of in the Reconstruction era of the country. Wait, the Republican Party was the Republican Party was founded on an anti-slavery roots. That's a uh, now. There's always things too because the the parties when they change alignments, it always changes. It doesn't change right away. So it changes over the the course of thirty, you know, fifty. Like we were talking about the last episode, there was the Bourbon Democrats mm-hmm. who were just very fiscally conservative. So it's a weird thing when you're a classical liberal is a modern conservative. So they kind of flip around. It gets uh, there's tons of gray area to it. So. But at the time, this is what the Republican Party was all about.
1: That's why I'm of the Common Sense Party. I don't I don't identify with either. <laughs> I'm just like, if this works, I'm with that. If it doesn't, let's get it out of there. If it doesn't work, whatever.
0: It's uh, kind of a goofy thing, too, because now the guy, it's post-war. So he's going to hang around in the U.S. House of Representatives for like 20-something years, right? <laughs> and he's sitting there. He's serving in the House of Representatives for representing Ohio, like we talked about. And then finally, they decide to run him for president in the election of 1880. Okay? Now, what was cool about this is that the Republican Party at the time is split. There's this group called the Stalwarts that don't really get along with, you know, what Garfield's all about. But Garfield's a well-liked enough dude that they go ahead and run him as the dark horse candidate for president. And they run him against the Democrat, who's very popular and a war hero, General Winfield Scott. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what was cool is that Winfield Scott was actually at one point the head of the Army of the Potomac, which means that uh, when Garfield was serving in the Civil War, he actually was his boss. So now you're running against your old boss for president, and and Garfield wins, (laughs) right? So who doesn't like getting one over on your boss, you know what I mean? So he goes ahead.
1: Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It was, uh, so he goes ahead, he gets one over on his boss and uh, it's pretty cool because, I mean, that's a good feeling to begin with and now the problem was though is that the divided Republican Party at the time, they needed to guarantee, they do this a lot. You see like when they're going to run a candidate, they want to make sure that the candidate's not going to go off the rails too much so they try to get like an establishment guy as the VP. So in order to represent the people who didn't really like what Garfield was all about, they put in Chester A. Arthur and as the vice president, he was like an old school New York City money guy. Like, Actually, if you look at him, uh, his pictures online, he's the first – he's the president of that – because these guys are all Gilded Age presidents. We don't know shit about them, right? So – but if you look at this guy, it's interesting because he's the first guy that has the handlebar mustache and is president. So his portrait – he looks like Fat Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I need to look at this. Go ahead and uh, take a look at him on
1: that one, man, because he's uh, <laughs> a interesting looking guy, Chester A. <laughs> okay, I just for the context of that loud ass laugh. Yeah, he does. Like that is crazy.
0: It's yeah, it's Fat Ooh. Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> but uh, so he goes in. They insert him as the VP, right? And uh, because of this fractured party at the time, it winds up taking them. Four months to assemble his cabinet. This usually was like a kind of a, a straight up thing, you knew who you were going to bring in, but it took him four months. He can't get anything going. But uh, the one person who helped him actually was, uh, and she's actually, it, when I was researching her, was his wife, Lucretia Rudolph, right? And she would approve cabinet members for him, that she would stand in the back of the room when he would say the name, she'd go thumbs up or thumbs down. So he really trusted the counsel of his wife. They both got to school together too, which at the time to have like an educated you know, uh, first lady, that was you know, kind of yeah, a new right. thing. So she was pretty cool. Also, uh, Lucretia is an interesting name. Do you know any Lucretias, Kelly?
2: I don't know
1: any. I've n- no. I'm not going to lie though. Now that sounds like a name that you could find like someone saying like, oh, I made it up. But it's actually like a name. I don't know how else to describe it. I bet it. it's
2: in a rap song somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: La- Lucretia is a baby mom. Yo, my cousin,
2: yeah. my cousin Lucretia, she's, she's Medea's
1: daughter. She was like she was trying to hang out. Also, I just want to point out, I think I'm going to give Garfield some points towards Not an American Loser just for the sake of his mustache and beard.
0: It's a pretty it's great pretty, mustache.
1: Gr- it's pretty amazing, folks. Like, he gets points. For that.
0: Did you ever? How far back do we have to go now from the current president to uh, how far back till we have a president with facial hair again? Kind of messes with you, right?
1: Hmm. Oh, what the hell? Why'd you do that? Yeah,
0: nobody had one. I mean, uh, Obama would have a little salt and pepper on the face every now was and it then. Teddy? We, I wonder if it was Teddy. That's another thing we can uh, we can go through it because if you bring up the presidential portraits, you'd be able to find uh, which one was uh, had the facial hair. But I mean, Ulysses S. Grant had that big nasty beard. It looked like it smelled like tobacco. Right. But eventually they went into the whole corporate thing. People started showing up clean shaven. So I don't know why, but we've never gone back. If a president ran and had a beard right now, I think that would be, you know, it would look like a Brooklyn hipster was running for president. That's the, the current problem. It's not a, a log cabin thing anymore. No, no. But that part would be interesting. What I liked about Lucretia is uh, she was uh, defiant openly sometimes. She actually shot down the temperance movements. You know, you know what those are, Cal?
2: No,
0: I don't. All right, temperance was uh, the the cause du jour back then um, to have people stop drinking alcohol, right? So the temperance. Mo- so later on, they get more powerful, and then they actually force you know prohibition, which leads into the our favorite show of all time, Yes, Blood I Walk was
2: Empire.
1: just going to say. <laughs> but, also, I uh, you told me to look up the portraits. Yes, our boy Abraham Lincoln was the first. First with, with a beard, with with beard and facial hair. Oh, for, okay. First of the portraits, and then. The last one was uh, wow. We've never had a president with, Taft. Well, with, the, with a, had with a the wig.
2: mustache.
0: George W. did have a wig. That would be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I wonder when we switched over from the wig hair, to the facial hair. I'd that, like to see that point in time.
0: That one's weird I could too.
2: Probably find it.
0: <laughs> the um, the strangest thing, actually, though, is we haven't had a president with a soul patch yet. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> it's like a nice uh, you had know, like a nice like like Puerto Rican chin strap kind of a thing. We could. There's lots, there's lots of untapped market for facial that sounds hair sounds like presidents. Kennedy
1: could have in his
2: later uh, years. Like, we have nothing to fear, the fear itself. I, I won't make any current president hair jokes.
0: I don't think it counts as hair. Uh,
1: <laughs> it counts as the dust at the bottom of a Cheetos bag. That's what it counts as. Uh,
0: what are you guys doing? This is a history podcast. <laughs> what I, mean, I liked about Lucretia, by the way, this is one of the coolest things. She shot down the temperance movement who, as we know, went on to have more power because they had prohibition. Right, but the temperance movement, uh, they were trying to petition her to force her to stop serving alcohol in the White House. What? And she said, No, get out of here. I'm, we're serving booze in the White House.
1: You don't understand this job, ladies. Like...
2: <laughs> she was once a college student. Of course, she's going to be serving well alcohol. Well played, in Kelly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I think if I ever got to go to the White House, wouldn't that be your, your moment in time where you would sit there and just everything slows down? You're like, I'm having a beer in the white house right now that's i don't care if i have to turn in a 90 day ah shit in order to get through with that i'm gonna go ahead and plow through that you know what i mean Yeah. yeah too good of a time with that stuff but uh now other cool thing about her is that she learned the history of the white house she was the first first lady to get really involved with like seeing you know overseeing repairs on the place and well when was this built and when was that built and everything so it's pretty cool stuff but she was a very fondly remembered first lady And she made it all the way into her 80s, I believe, and she was very involved with like the Red Cross and stuff. So old Lucretia, pretty solid gal. But this is the part where it gets weird now, is that uh, Garfield's in office, right? He's finally the president, and he has all the potential to be one of the truly great presidents. But the political turmoil of the time made him getting his appointments incredibly complicated. And uh, if you wanted to go with uh, the duos and rivals of time, if James A. Garfield is Batman or Harvey Dent, right? Now we're going to have to talk about the Joker. Kelly, I'm going to ask you real quick. You looked something up for me before the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is, in your estimation, a psychopath?
2: Well, I did look up psychopath, and it is someone who's only concerned with them, him or herself, um, and has no empathy for others, um, manipulative, sometimes charming. It's hard
1: to argue points with describing a psychopath because some. I don't feel like in the context, in the greater context, being a psychopath that – someone who cares about themselves is that much of a bad thing. I'm not a psycho, I promise. But mm-hmm. you you but, must
2: go through the checklist and okay. check them all okay. on. So Here we go. self-interest is one okay. of the qualities. But zero empathy for other people. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah.
0: So there's a narcissistic tendency.
2: Definitely, okay. definitely.
0: Wait, was our boy a psychopath? Uh, well, you're gonna.
2: I don't think Garfield was a psychopath. No, uh,
0: Garfield very well thought of guy too. Everybody seemed to like him, and the way he handles the second half of his story that we're about to break down, you walk away liking the guy.
2: But um, only one in 100 people are actually psychopaths.
0: Isn't that? It still feels a little high, right?
2: <laughs> I'm kind of feeling like I've met more than my fair share. That's that's that's
1: a little high for, for my like. And wait a minute, the number's probably getting higher and higher as the years go on, but still.
0: <laughs> well, Kelly, you were at uh, week four of the preseason for the yes. New York Giants yesterday against yes. the New England Patriots. Uh, how many people would you say were there?
2: Um, the stadium was not full at all, as it was just a preseason mm. game and a Thursday night. I think if it was a Friday night, there'd be more people there. But um, I may have crossed the path of a few psychopaths.
0: I think what we were just talking about too. They have to cut the roster now, uh, so that they get down like to the. There's f- some
2: psychopaths. So on there's the team.
0: psychopaths in the locker room right now. <laughs> so poor Eli Manning is taken. Wouldn't that be great if Eli was the psycho? Actually,
2: I don't think so because he doesn't seem to be a selfish player.
0: No, he's not. But uh, it wouldn't be-
2: have an ego. I, th- I don't think is a psychopath.
0: Well, I think we just need football back already. Just kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Best month of the year on this one. Was there anything else uh, so we, so that the audience knows what the actual judgment of a psychopath is? Was there anything else you wrote
2: down? Just um, the They have a good way of dis- disguising themselves and appearing to care about others but really don't at all. Okay. Just only cares about him or herself.
0: So it's uh, – now, it, what's the – is there anything in there about uh, being prone to violence?
2: Um, I did learn that if you go into a prison, you will find many psychopaths.
0: That's.
2: (laughs) So they can be prone to violence because they don't have any empathy for other people. And, of course, you'd be willing to commit crimes against others if you didn't care about their well-being.
0: Right. So the part that's interesting for that with me is that uh, that's where for the psychological profile uh, that we're this time frame is the 1880s. Right. So we don't know too, too much about anything here. Uh, mental health, we're still not – we're still kind of in the dark operating on it as we go now, right? We're barely starting to figure stuff out. But back then, it was the Wild West in terms of how mental health was uh, you know, approached. So that's why I appreciate the definition you gave here too because they don't really know what the hell they're talking about at this time. But our boy, Charles J. Gitu, all right? It, it looks like it's pronounced uh, guitar, you know what I mean? But there's just no R on it. It's an E-U-A. So it's Charles J. Gitu. Can we all say that together? Gitu. Gitu. <laughs> gitu.
1: Now, Sounds like a Men in Black villain.
0: It's uh, <laughs> yeah. he's a villain. The uh, the g Two movement,
1: That's a- <laughs> heroes and villains. <laughs> uh,
0: so he uh, interesting last name because uh, at the time the majority of the country is going to be German and Irish. Uh, the Chinese population is coming in. There's the slave population that uh, is newly freed at this point too. So the demographics in the country are a little bit different than they are today. One thing you didn't find a whole lot of, though, was uh, people with French last names. So Gitu stands out a little bit. He was a descendant of the French Huguenots, which was like the Protestant reformers of the, the French. But a uh, guy was born in Illinois, and he is age 40 at the time of his importance for this story. Because we can't tell the James A. Garfield story without the Charles J. Gitu story. It's they're intertwined forever. And uh, so the guy inherits $1,000 to go to college with. All right. This is when, in his time as a youth. All right. Uh, which the modern equivalent is $27,000, okay, adjusted for inflation. Um, how far into your kid's school would you say that would get you, Cousin Kelly?
2: Um, a semester. That's a <laughs> <laughs> semester out of state? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Luckily, Mindy's going to a community college. That's good for her. <laughs> but uh, now here's he wants to go to uh, the University of Michigan, right? So he's, he's all hell bent on that. And his father's like pulling strings, so his father's a well thought of guy. Uh, and he goes out to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, which is funny because Garfield is from Ohio, right? And then this guy's trying to be uh, a University of Michigan man. So, in a weird way, their story turns into another chapter of the Buckeyes Wolverines rivalry. <laughs> so, dude fails all of his entrance exams and just gives up, quits on a dime, right? He's like, if it's not, I think that's part of that narcissistic thing we were talking about, where if it's not all about them and it's not everything's working perfect, they bail and cut bait immediately, right? right. So, Uh, When he gives up on school, he joins this group, and this is that weird left turn I warned you about. He joins a group known as the uh, Oneida Group. Have you ever heard of them?
2: Uh, Silverware?
0: I'm so happy you know that. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I tell you this is a ass-backwards story, this is bizarre. Beginning
2: with the Oneida. Oneida
0: Silverware, okay, is a company. A lot of people probably have it. I, I called my mother. She doesn't own it, but she knows of it, right? And this threw me for a loop. I was out of my mind on this one. The Oneida Silverware Company, Oneida Limited, I believe it's called, uh, their monopoly on silverware, a company still in business to this day, started off as a Jonestown, Heaven's Gate type cult. All right.
1: No fucking way. Yeah.
0: It is insane. The group leader is also the original CEO of the company. His name was John Humphrey Noyes, literally spelt Yes. if you want to know. <laughs> Very bizarre thing there. But uh, so he later on turns his, you know, uh, cult into the Oneida Silverware Company. This is 100% true.
2: That could be another podcast.
0: Which uh, just a little bit, we're going to talk about him here. It is a bizarre man. He, uh, because first of all, now Gitu shows up to join the cult because the guys, uh, Gitu's father knew him.
2: What kind of cult was it?
0: Uh, Well, they believed in some pretty wacky stuff, which uh, I want to remind you here too. Uh, Mr. Gitu is uh, kind of a troubled kid, okay? So he shows up and he pledges like his undying allegiance to the cult leader, John Humphrey Noyes, right? So he shows up there and he talks about him in uh, a couple of his written accounts. He just is singing the praise of this guy. Like it was his version of Jesus. So now what their Oneida group was all about, they believed in free love, group marriage, and the way that they handled sexual interaction. This is where they were looked at in a very negative light by a lot of people. First of all, if you wanted to get married, because they they decided they were forward – it's this weird thing where they're so progressive and forward-thinking that they throw the baby out with the bathwater, and you ruin some of the stuff that's supposed to be going on at the time. Like, here's what they did. Their idea, if you wanted to get married, you would have to find a partner that agreed to get married to you, and then you two would go before a board of elders, and the board of elders would decide whether or not you were allowed to get married if they thought you were compatible.
2: I think it's a good idea.
0: It's not a bad idea, but could you imagine if you had to go to the DMV to get married? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Did anyone ever read
1: The Giver? That sounds like something very Giver-ish if you've read the book. Well, once cults –
0: if you study cults, like everything I've ever checked out about cults, it's always fascinating because they they do get these weird things. Like there was the the Baptists and the Anabaptists in Germany like way back in time right after the Protestant Reformation.
1: What were these guys called again?
0: The Baptists and the Anabaptists. They were a whole crazy subgroup on that. But it's just when you study cults the more things change, the more modern times, the cult idea is always the same. The, the, the right group of people always come along and they they have too much power and then people wind up suffering more. But it's always in a utopia kind of a thing. Right.
2: Like a, a utopia becomes a dystopia.
0: Ah, excellent. You're good with words, And that's words, where Cal. we get the giver from. So here's what happens the, with them. Because What were you we saying?
2: No, I was just going to say there's the giver reference.
0: The giver reference is perfect too. Now, they were a utopian society and they were trying to do all this stuff. But... The way that they believed it was if you wanted to get married, and if you, they, they believed in group marriage too, by the way. Everybody was allowed to hook up with everybody pretty much, which is, you know, kind of the hippie commune feel. But this Oneida group, they then dive into, because uh, if you want to have the kid, you have to have permits to have a kid, right? That's essentially what it was. But the way they taught free love and they introduced people to it, because they had the, the two sides of the coin sex is for procreation, right? And if you want to do the procreation thing, you have to go before this board of elders but if you wanna just have sex for the, fe- the mere fact that uh, it's enjoyable, um, the way they set it up, this is where they get goofy. And, and you have to wonder about it, because we're still a Puritan-based country to a degree at this time. We're over 100 years old, right? But at the time, we're sitting here oh, going through all this stuff. Um, the way that they would introduce people was that uh, they would take uh, postmenopausal women would teach the young men about sex. <laughs> Okay.
2: That sound like a bad idea. Yeah. Uh,
0: imagine losing your virginity to be Arthur. <laughs> okay, that's essentially what it is. So uh, that's how they would do it. the old, The post postmenopausal woman would come, and they would take the young guys. So like sixteen, seventeen year old guys would be losing their virginity and having all their early sexual experiences with significantly older women. So
2: the original uh, cougars.
0: Yeah, the original cougars. Kind of a <laughs> yeah. There's a and and to this day, you can still search for MILF on Pornhub. <laughs> <It's a, laughs>
1: Well, good night, guys. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. It was good seeing you guys. Uh, But now, that's
0: kind of a weird thing. The other end of that one, and this is where it comes down to almost every time you talk about a cult, there's always this weird uh, thing with the inverse of that. So it's young guys with older women. The inverse of that one for the female side is that a very young girl is taken by an older man and shown. And then that's how they learn what sex is in this cult. So. It's way older guys with inappropriately young women. Okay, so essentially statutory rape is a bylaw of this cult, which is just messed up stuff. But they're very free with their sexuality and everything. But old Charles too, can you imagine not fitting in in a hippie commune free love society?
2: No one liked him
0: there? They called him Charles Get Out. That was his nickname at this oh cult. Oh my gosh. Nobody liked him. That's
2: original Cause bullying.
1: Because he's that, that that he's that crazy? That
2: is Eight 1800s no bullying uh, Exactly
0: uh, I'll tell you what Kahuna If you could do me a favor, I want to show uh, Cousin Kelly here What the guy looks like Can you look for uh, Mr. Gitu real quick Yeah no problem Aw that
2: makes me sad Though Charles get out
0: It's a, Yeah Charles get out <laughs> Which is Oh uh,
1: my god He's got that face
0: When like, we were talking About psychopath uh, earlier Yeah Ooh <laughs> he, He's a terrifying Looking man Okay he's got the eyes That stare through you Like Rasputin eyes Right
1: Also I got some info For you the, That cult Yes. Their house is still up. Yep. Field it's, trip. It's still, it's, <laughs> it's an historical landmark in, I th- I think it's in upstate New York. I believe that's where he was. Cause yep. It's upstate New York, and it's still there.
0: When he gets kicked out of, uh, he doesn't get kicked out of the cult, but he, he's not, he doesn't have any friends, there's nothing going on from there. The free love hippie com- uh, commune cult won't deal with him. So he just leaves. He moves to Hoboken, tries to start his own uh, newspaper called the Daily Theocrat, right? So... Newspaper fails completely, goes bonkers on it. everything's
2: he, failing for him.
0: But that's the thing with him is that as soon as some, as soon as it's not all about him, that narcissistic t- personality uh, thing we were talking about, as soon as it's not about him, he bails, right? But he's a super ambitious, dude. Uh, and then his whack job nature comes out a little bit more here as we uh, start talking about. It. But when you get kicked out of a cult, could you imagine if Jim Jones like, sorry, dude, not enough <laughs> Kool Aid for
1: everybody? <laughs>
0: Or like it's Heaven's Gate, and they won't tell him what kind of shoes to buy, so he's the only guy with Vans slip ons instead of the Nikes.
1: <laughs> would Charles Manson kick this man out?
0: That's uh, yeah. That's what this. The, when, the more, the more you break down the Manson family, the <laughs> more you realize Mr. G. Too would have been a ardent supporter, if not the ringleader, of that crew. Like I told you, this is a weird left hand turn we're taking. But he starts his failed newspaper. When that fails, he decides to. Remember, we told you that the, the cult leader, John Humphrey Noyes, that was like his god? He mm-hmm. sues him and tries suing the cult and everything like that, which is insane because. He
2: sues the cult for kicking him out?
0: Uh, pretty much, because he didn't get officially kicked out, but he tries bringing lawsuits up against them. And How
2: do you sue a cult? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> well,
0: they, were, uh, they were kind of uh, well off financially. So the idea was that he, I guess he thought he was going to sue them and they would, you know, maybe the, the back then equivalent of settling out of court. So we don't know what's going on with that one. But where it got uh, extra weird is that his own father sided against him, all right? Gitu's father went against him and apologized to Mr. Noyes (laughs) and said, my son's crazy. This is the first time it's documented that people think he's crazy. So his family's kind of written him off as an insane person. And uh, everything else he does kind of proves it right. So
1: uh,
0: in June 11th of 1880, the uh, SS Naringasset and the SS Stonington, two big steamships, collided while they were, uh, Gitu was on board the Stonington. Okay. And so the two ships collided bad thing on like a, a very foggy night out on the water, I believe. And, uh, the Naring then goes down in flames, major loss of life on board. The Stonington suffered no casualties and Gitu was on board the Stonington and he believes cause now he's a narcissistic personality, a little bit of a psychopath, a lot of crazy stuff going on. And you've introduced religion to him in a cult like fashion. He now believes he's been spared by a higher power to do God's work.
2: He sounds like a schizophrenic.
0: It's – he is – I
2: think he's a schizophrenic. What was the crash he was on?
0: The Naringasset and the Stonington. And I believe it happened in Boston Harbor, I want to say. But – so he's decided that now he's got to go on and start doing God's work, right? And so this is June 11th, 1880. And in that – the next year, he becomes uh, absolutely tied forever in history to President James A. Garfield. So – he shows up writing speeches, which back then, it wasn't like he was a prestigious guy. It was, he was a blogger, right? That's essentially, <laughs>
2: that's
0: essentially what it 1800s
2: was. 1800s blogger.
0: Yeah, 1800s blogger. But he was blogging for Ulysses S. Grant. He wrote all of his speeches for Grant, right? Every speech was written down to a T thinking that Grant was going to be the Republican nominee. But Garfield is now. So this dude, because he's a total asshole <laughs> – crosses out the name Grant and writes this and just hands in the same speech but just changed Grant to Garfield on all the stuff. Okay, so he, Charles Oh yeah, Charles Gatto is now writing speeches for uh, what he thought was going to be his entrance into politics, right?
2: Was he hired to do this or he no, just did it? No, this in is spare all time. freelance
0: stuff and mm-hmm. it, they said he he spoke twice and one of his speeches was passed around the Republican National Convention. But, again, that's like a blog thing where it's like, oh, did you see my Facebook post? That's essentially what the guy – he's not commissioned by anybody.
1: It's just writing on spec. He's his fucking spec script writer. Right Writing on spec. Not bad, Kahuna. Not
0: bad. <laughs> but he changes uh, – the speech is the exact same thing, right? But now he makes it for Garfield. So he's barely involved, hardly noticed. The guy's not noticed anywhere either, right? That's his other thing. He doesn't fit in anywhere for the most part. Nobody really gives a shit about the guy. But he convinces himself because he's a narcissist that his speech is the reason that Garfield won the presidency. So you ever take credit for something you didn't do, Kel?
2: Uh, all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this guy was good at it, all right? So this is what he thought. Uh, you ever do a favor for somebody and then you think of, like, what's a justifiable thing to get paid back for? No. No?
2: I don't think so because – Well,
0: you're too good of a person too, I think. But in the political maneuvering – Oh,
2: politics, definitely. Yeah, in
0: the political maneuvering of this – it's back, like
2: backroom
1: deals,
0: right? And, <laughs> well, here's where it gets. Uh, he can't even get into the backroom deals because nobody knows who the
1: hell this guy is. But he <laughs> swears he's important. That's like if some if that's like. Oh, wow. I had a good point. I just had the worst brain fart. Stop ever smoking pot, night. kahuna. Oh, stop. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but uh,
0: I'll tell you, what, if you think of it, let me know. But in the meantime, uh, this is crazy because he's now convinced himself that he's the reason Garfield won. And he decides that the appropriate compensation for his speech that won the election for him is that he wants to be the consul to Vienna, right? And then they're like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. You know, his friends are telling He goes, well, I guess I'd settle for one in Paris. Right?
1: The consul to Vienna?
0: Yeah. A consul at the time, it's a little bit different than an ambassador, but it's still uh, – because the ambassador is the head of state in, a, in terms of like, international relations. of A consul is just a person that would have the dealings with Vienna or Paris, which at the time, two of the most – I mean, they're still – Two of the most gorgeous cities, you know, and rich in culture and everything like that. So these are a prestigious position that he is demanding, and no one knows who the hell he is. How did
1: how did he even get to that? Like, oh, this is what I want. Like, if like 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 I'm trying to understand like his thought process about it. Oh, I wrote a speech. I want to be an ambassador to France. Like, it doesn't. I don't get the jump.
0: Imagine if you, because we're here at the Shared Universe Studio in Eatontown. Okay, imagine you, the big Kahuna. You're like. I recorded K.P. Burke's podcast with his cousin, Kelly. And then you walk up to Kevin Smith, right? And then slap him in the face and say, I'm directing your movie. That's how, that's how out of line this guy is. Oh my God. If you use my credit, you know what I mean? For, for that being, this guy's just so disconnected here. Um, but he won't shut up. Right. And at the time, this is where it's even weirder. He's homeless at the time. He's bouncing around from rented room to rented room. And he eats scraps that are left on other people's plates, food he finds in the alley.
2: Because he doesn't have a job.
0: He does not have a he's job. He's just
2: busy blogging. Yep.
0: He's like, oh, it's, it's it's almost as sad as my podcasting career, actually, now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> he's
1: the mod- he's the, he's like he's forming the modern hipster, eating scraps, like writing blogs. And we saw his weird beard.
0: And that he had.
2: weird beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Original hipster.
0: Yeah. This guy's gonna it, he's a scooter away. Um,
1: <laughs> he definitely's got a he definitely got a scooter towards the end.
2: <laughs>
0: So he's demanding all these positions, uh, but what he would do is he would go into uh, hotels at the time and, like, you know, men's parlors and take uh, the old newspapers, right, that he would find the scraps of people's newspapers. And back then, because it's a different world, they would print the president's routine, what he was going to be doing that day, would be posted for everybody to see. That you could you – know, it, it wasn't like – you could have an interaction with the president. It's not like nowadays where, like, everything – you know, Secret Service wasn't around yet.
2: Why wasn't there Secret Service after Lincoln was assassinated?
0: They, they swore it was a one-off. Because at the time, uh, John Wilkes Booth was also kind of a little bit of a madman. But uh, at the time, that was still – that was considered almost a wartime offense, right? That it was – because the war was over, uh, officially over. um, But there's still parts of the country that swear it's still going on. Um, But at the time, they thought that was just a one-off. They're like, oh, nobody would ever kill the president again, Especially an
2: actor from the stage sneaking behind. Well,
0: the example we used on the last week when I enjoyed was uh, the modern-day equivalent would be like, what if Katy Perry tried to kill the president? You know what I mean? We don't know what to do with that. But – uh, so this guy is a raving madman, right? He's literally evading uh, – he's getting evicted from every hotel room he can find. Uh, it's, it's also the time of year. He doesn't have appropriate clothing, so he's dressed like a hipster again. He's almost like a thrift store kind of a guy.
1: You were on <laughs> I'm to something with that. pop tags. <laughs> Yo, no way. You,
0: you were on to something there, Kahuna. But, uh, <laughs> so now he uh, – James G. Blaine, who is one of the people that uh, Lucretia Rudolph gave the thumbs up to in order to, to receive an appointment. Um, he's now the secretary of state. OK. And he's going around and he it get, he got so tired of dealing with Gitou that he actually screamed at him in front of people. Never speak to me on the Paris consulship again as long as you live.
2: And then said, by the way, your name is Charles. Get out. Over
0: here right <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but he hate like eventually the, like Blaine got so upset with him that now the secretary of state is screaming at you. Don't ever talk to me about this again. Get out of my face. And when you're a narcissistic personality, you're like, I don't deserve this. You can't talk to me like that. Don't you know who I am? I'm Charles jG too. I'm the reason Garfield won the presidency. You know, And he's freaking out. And decides right then and there, like we saw with all of his other history, as soon as he's not getting what he wants, he cuts bait, turns on him. So he sues his former cult leader, right? He bails out on uh, uh, the college inheritance. All that. all this stuff, he turns on a dime with people because he's uh, hyper-violent, only cares about himself, right? Fits the profile?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's even worse than a
0: it's, psychotic. Well, I mean, we're going to get even better because uh, now he decides because you yelled at him in front of people that he's going to kill. I yelled
2: at in front of people all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got yelled at yesterday. I took a guy out on his bike with a car door in New York City but um, that's my fault.
2: We quit every time someone yelled at us.
0: Uh, yes, that's another problem.
2: Um, Your mom's yelling at both of us all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so he decides, now flips on a dime, and this is the first time we start hearing him talk about the, the voice of God thing. Because remember, he decided God spared him for a bigger task, right? Because he, he didn't get hurt in the
1: boat crash. Did, so, like, who recorded him saying that? Like, is that just like a thing people know that he said or like? Well, people had diaries and stuff, and then he would Oh, talk like about, he put it down in a diary?
0: Yeah, because it was, a, a, I mean, we, we talk about like, oh, now we all live out loud on Facebook. But it's like every Civil War drama you've ever heard is like they start reading people's letters. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to read somebody's letter to recant to find out, like, what was actually going on at the time frame. So it's a a husband's letter back to his wife. Um, You know, nowadays, like, they do, like, one with the – because I was in the Navy. People don't know this, but I I was – I did six years in the Navy. And uh, if they ever read some of the emails I was sending back and forth to my girlfriend at the time, it would be filthy. It would be not fit for History Channel, okay? There was some (laughs) stuff going on. But – Anyway, uh, what happens for him here is he flips on the dime and says the voice of God is now telling him he must save the country by killing the president. So the guy he campaigned for, who his magic speech won the election for, now has to die, all right? So he goes out, he uh, borrows money from a uh, a family member uh, and he buys it and he starts tracking the president's whereabouts because, like we said, it was printed on newspapers back then, little, no security. But when he goes into the gun store to buy it, they remember uh, because the guy who sold him the gun remembered this. They had two of the same gun. One had ivory handles, and it was more expensive. And Gitu didn't have enough money to buy that gun. But he goes, can you just give me a discount on that one gun? I really need the one with the ivory handles. He goes, well, this other one's the same thing. You know, why don't you just get that without the ivory? He goes, nah, the ivory handles, it'll look good in the museum that way. So he's out loud pretty much saying that this gun is being purchased for nefarious intentions, right? The guy's messed up. So he goes ahead and he buys the gun that's going to quote look good in a
1: museum.
2: That sounds he, like a red flag to someone selling wow. guns. You would
1: think, right? <laughs> it's a now that's a huge. I hope that's a red flag now. It, like, <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> and it's a it's a goofy thing now. But here's a, here's where the two of them become forever intertwined. Is that Garfield is on his way down to Long Branch, New Jersey, for vacation? Uh,
2: okay, wasn't New Jersey mentioned in your last podcast? Mm-hmm.
0: This is accidental stuff here too.
1: Tell me, this dude died in Jersey.
0: This dude died in Jersey. What? hmm So, but it, it gets even more bizarre, because now you think, now you think, okay, now we have president, right? We have the victim of the crime, and we, now we have the criminal. And the two of them are set up, and it's going to be open and shut case, right? No. Very goofy. Garfield's on his way down a long branch to meet up with him well, while he's going down to a, a shore location, which is probably, what, like maybe 10 minutes away from where we are right now?
1: Long, no way. So yeah. we can probably find where this happened?
0: Uh, I guarantee you that it is marked. Um... Now, he's, at, uh, he's on his way down to Long Branch, okay? He did not get shot in New Jersey. He's at the Baltimore Potomac Railroad, uh, Railroad sa- uh, Station, I believe, and um, which has been torn down since. But he's in D.C., and he's getting ready to head down to Long Branch. You know, you're excited. He's going to go down to Long Branch. Jersey- Everyone's
2: excited to go yeah. to Long Branch. Jersey Shore.
0: <laughs> he's heading down. He's going to hit all the shore spots. Jenks, Barre. He's
1: going to go it. to Asbury Park.
0: Exactly. going to hit the Ale House, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Wait, what year is this again?
0: This is 1881.
1: This might not be far off. I mean, Asbury was <laughs> popping like early 1800s. Exactly. So it's
0: going to go down to the MTV house,
1: uh, <laughs> the convention hall, <laughs> so original
2: popped. Jersey oh, Shore man. house.
0: <laughs> they did call uh, James Garfield uh, the situation. Um, <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> Lucretia went by Snooky. Um,
2: <laughs> not Jay Wild? I was thinking that G- Godot would be a better. Uh, Situation. <laughs> Not
0: bad. He is an art Could you imagine if it was just him lifting up his shirt and showing his abs? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're it, he's in hipster territory. Like, maybe. It's very true. It's um, What was uh, goofy now is that he's at the railroad station, and Gitu, first of all, he has a cab picked out, right? He has a cab that's standing outside the station that's going to get him away to safety. And supposedly, he even wrote a letter asking for the protection of the army. Right, because he was gonna. He wanted. He thought people are gonna come after him for killing the president. Right. He thought oh, he was gonna shit. be. He thought mm-hmm. he was gonna be a hero too, which is even weir- uh, stranger. But he uh, he shows up. They said that uh, they described him as pacing around, and he actually paid and had his shoes shined because you know that's like that's almost like the taxi driver thing. You know what I mean? Where uh, uh, the equivalent of like De Niro buzzing his head and going into the Mohawk mode. You know what I mean? And it's like a or at the end of the movie, the shootest John Wayne. He puts on his best suit to go get shot in. Yeah. Right. So this guy's. Out of his mind, the, the he's just really all over the map, kind of a, a terrifying guy. But they said they reported him pacing around, and he runs up and he shoots Garfield twice, right? First shot, just barely grazes his shoulder. And uh, supposedly Garfield was like, what was that? And then he got shot in the back on the next shot. So he does uh, kind of accomplish his goal here. But uh, supposedly as he's being arrested, because he tries bailing, right? He tries running out to that cab that he had stationed. A police officer just happened to be there, tackles him right? A uh, super Irish cop named li- like Shadrat O'Shaughnessy or something insane. <laughs> but tackles the guy. So now you just took down the president's potential assassin, right? And as they're carrying him away, Gitu starts screaming, I am the stalwart of stalwarts. Arthur is president now. So Chester A. Arthur was now going to take over the office because Gitu had decided that he was going to intervene here. Yeah. So. That's it- not a
2: good look for a that stalwart chester arthur
0: it is not that's an awesome point too thank you for reminding me of this uh originally because of that quote they put chester a arthur under investigation yeah. they thought it was infighting from the party because it was very contentious at the time later completely disproven and uh mr gitu kind of does a good job of explaining that uh, he had no clue what he was doing um
1: it, it slowly unravels that this dude
0: is just crazy Uh, It absolutely does. Now, this is the weirdest thing. You were talking about the Lincoln assassination earlier, right, Kel? Yeah. Uh, So guess who is the Secretary of War for James A. Garfield? Tell me. Robert Todd Lincoln. He is now on site in Washington, D.C., seeing another president get assassinated. He was 16 when his father was assassinated, and I believe it was – I might be wrong on my math here. But 16 years later, uh, he had to now watch James A. Garfield, his president, who he's serving in the cabinet of. Uh, get assassinated as well I think his quote was something along the lines of uh, how many hours of sorrow have I passed in this wretched city when he's talking about DC yeah Yeah.
1: wow just
0: bad stuff all around but uh, now what's insane here is that uh, we're going to talk about the death of Garfield because now we just said we had the the victim and the criminal and they've intertwined and that should be the end of the interaction right you'd think that would be the book end close the assassin fired his shot Garfield doesn't die right away he doesn't die from his wounds. He dies 79 days later. Okay? He's now alive for 79 days. Um, what, I mean, what did he even do for 79 days? Right? Suffer. Summer vacation is not 79 yeah. days, is it?
2: I don't know. Yeah. A Th- couple months. So. Yeah.
0: It's, so if you take, again, it's another, uh, now here's the weird part. He's four months into his presidency at this point, right? And then lives the next 79 days, the final 79 days of his presidency. He's never able to walk again. He's barely able to speak and write, do all that other stuff, and he's a hot mess. Nobody knows what's going on with him. What they say now is that uh, with modern medicine, it was such a non-lethal wound that he suffered that he would have been uh, pretty much back on his feet within two to three days. Right? Not a great shot. It wasn't like a bad place to be or anything like that.
1: Even in the back.
0: Uh, well, here's what's crazy is because you got um, certain parts of the body that if you had to take a bullet, and you'd want to take a bullet in, and apparently that's where this guy's shot was. You'd want to get – it was a desirous shot. But when they're trying to get – and keep in mind this is 1881. When they're trying to get the bullet out now, they're literally digging around with their fingers to try to get this thing out. It's Garfield's doctor, his personal doctor uh, that he's known for years. And they're using unclean instruments to try to dig around and find this thing. They can't find the bullet. So there's a bullet lodged in the president and they just can't find it. It's like – it's almost like the Benny Hill theme should be playing while they're doing this. (laughs) So –
2: Oh, my God. Oh, no.
0: The theory was that it was medical malpractice and the increased infections from trying to retrieve the bullet. Uh, Weirdest side note I found in this story, almost as weird as Oneida Silverware being free love, child raping. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, cult-like people. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone, right, shows up in Washington and uh, is seen by Garfield, and he shows up with a very primitive metal detector, right? And the theory was that he would take the metal detector over whatever side of the body they thought the bullet was lodged in, and they would find the bullet, right? But they're getting false positives on the metal detector because nobody realized that the hospital bed he was in was made of metal
2: the was made. About.
0: So as they're putting this metal, like, oh, we found it and then they start digging around and it wasn't <laughs> right.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh my no, wait, God. No, like over here. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> so,
1: oh, they're
0: God. completely screwing up here. Uh, not a great note for uh, Mr. Alexander Graham Bell when you're the, the, the Da Vinci of your time and you can't even help the president. But, again, all those false positives. Like I said, he would have been home in two to three days. It was a non-lethal wound but he finally succumbed to the infections and suffered an aneurysm in Elberon, New Jersey.
2: How did he get to New Jersey?
0: Well, uh, this was really cool. What they did is that they built a railroad track that went right up to the White House, okay? And they literally moved him in there because uh, Garfield never walked again after he was shot. But they, the idea was that he was going to escape the heat of Washington, right? And that they were going to get him down to New Jersey, and then he was going to be able to, you know, have the summer down the Jersey Shore that we all enjoy so much. <laughs> So they try getting him down here. Uh, He gets it down to uh, Elberon, and uh, they had that special railroad track made for him and everything like that. And he gets down there. But he succumbs to the wounds and the infections, and uh, it took a little while for uh, Chester A. Arthur, who was in New York City at the time, to find out that he hoped that the telegram that he had gotten was a mistake.
2: He didn't want to be president?
0: Not that he didn't want to be president, but I think he admired Garfield. And this guy had, I mean, it was a lifetime of public service. This was, he was almost not, you know, not to be super top. It was almost like if John McCain had become president. This is a figure we've heard about. Yeah, he was a good guy. One of the good ones. People thought well of him. Yeah. So now Garfield's presidency has been absolutely cut short. Uh, He dies on September 19th, 1881. Now I looked it up. What day of the week do you think that was, Kel?
2: Tuesday.
0: September 19th, 1881, the day that James A. Garfield suffered the aneurysm that finally ended his life. It was a Monday. That's why Garfield hates Mondays. <laughs> I can't
1: tell you the joy. Oh, m- are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did it, when you look this up, did it, did it like specifically say monday september 1881 i did
0: confirm it was a monday i absolutely confirmed it was a monday and uh i'm not saying that's why jim davis made the character hate monday yes it is <laughs> in
1: my mind it's
0: always going to be in anybody who just heard this episode i hope you're agreeing with me
1: are you putting in, are you going to put this in like a comedy bit because that's 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 kind of hilarious nah, i'm just going to save it for my podcast <laughs> <laughs> now in that
0: 79 days the garfield suffering right uh they're actually not officially charging Gitu with uh, his murder yet because people thought he was going to recover and then it was just going to be, OK, well, you tried to kill the president, attempted assassin. But when he dies, now they can come forward with murder charges. So now Gitu's trial is where he gets even more bizarre, if you, as if you could. Uh, he's an early example of an insanity plea. OK, we hadn't had too many of these in the country. Can you think of anybody who did the insanity plea off the top of your head, Kel? Recently? Anything, no. just any, any example at all.
2: I wish that I could. Well, you were talking bet about Manson. I your dad but, would have thought of
0: one. No, nah, we were talking about Manson before.
2: Okay. Did Man- Casey Charles Anthony? What's Manson?
0: What's that? Did Casey Anthony? Ooh. Uh, did she? No, she claimed negligence, I think. That was, there was a weird thing with all that, but it doesn't matter. We can talk about how hot Casey Anthony is on another episode. <laughs> um, Florida girl. Um, so he acted as part of his own defense. OK. And uh, one of the things, because like, like so I said. So he was his own lawyer? One of his own lawyers. Yeah, he did have some legal counsel. Uh, but he was a spectacle to behold because he would curse and scream at the judge often. And then he would interact with people in the crowd. Like he would ask questions. Supposedly, this is a weird story I heard too. He would pass notes around in the courtroom. To
2: inspect himself because yeah. he's his own <laughs> lawyer. <laughs>
0: But apparently one of them, he would hand a note to uh, someone just who was like a member of the jury or something. It would be him asking like a question of them like, hey, what do you think I should do here?
1: (laughs) Can you imagine being a jury member for that and just watching this dude pass himself notes? (laughs) Like, is this dude off his rocker? Is he okay? We
0: can't write a line better than this one, though. Uh, And again, I have six years of stand-up comedy experience. (laughs) I could not write a better joke than this one. Uh, Part of his defense was... Well, the doctors killed him. All I did was shoot him.
2: <laughs> well, it sounds like he might be right, though. It, maybe the doctors should be on trial.
0: Uh, they should be, too. And then that's that whole medical Is this the beginning
2: of malpractice insurance? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: The ambulance chasing lawyers are coming, baby. <laughs> but he would curse and scream at the judge. He provided testimony in the form of vulgar epic poems he had written <laughs> in captivity. All right. So while he's in jail waiting for these 79 days, he's writing vulgar poems describing his whole testimony. He's a complete media sensation, all right? He ended an interview in the newspaper by putting a personal ad in asking for a nice Christian woman under 30. Guy's trying to get laid off of this.
2: Well, he wasn't able to do it with the cult, so.
1: Exactly. Yeah, to make up for last time.
2: This is an example from at least trying something more than once and not giving up.
1: Uh, did he ever like name drop that cult during this <laughs> like during this defense? Like did he ever like make That I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um but Well,
2: no, he's tried to sue them, so probably not.
1: Well,
0: uh what's weird too is that when you cuz I think he was on bad terms with them at that at that time, but uh what I was thinking about with the personal ad he put in for the nice Christian lady under 30 uh, how many times Like Charles Manson Would get marriage proposals All the time While well, he was still he got, Oh
2: there's a big thing With women trying to Get it's, with guys in it's prison It's still a thing oh, Yeah they, No no They like,
0: want what they can't have
1: <laughs> I think actually Manson just got ma- Well he passed away Didn't he
0: Yeah he dead. It was very but, sad It was our family's First Thanksgiving Without him <laughs> Yeah
1: But like a couple Of years prior like, I think two years before Someone married him In prison no, and there was a, a whole and yeah. she was a
0: good looking woman too it's a uh, uh, very goofy but he is the way that the the nation paid attention to the Manson trials they're paying attention to this because Garfield was considered a president we were robbed of right that he was going to do good things and you you took him they wanted he people were chanting string him up they wanted lynch mob justice to get rid of this guy but one cool thing about uh, I believe it was the quote by um, benjamin franklin when they were talking about designing the modern legal system was that they would rather uh, a legal system that lets 30 innocent uh 30 guilty men go free rather than a uh, justice system that kills one innocent man
2: i didn't even know he said that yeah
0: it was very uh it, i actually talked to a lawyer just the one who told me that too actually which is even weirder but um this guy is insane he's waving to the crowds he's smiling the entire time he's there like we said epic poems Here's testimony The guy's legitimately planning out loud to anyone who will listen that he's planning a lecture tour once he gets (laughs) off and announces that he's running for president in 1884. Okay, He thinks he's going to run against Chester A. Arthur now, and he's going to become the president of the United States. Okay, And the only thing that finally got him to to come back to the real world a little bit was when he was actually convicted. So they go ahead, they read out his conviction, and against the advice of his other two lawyers, he decides to address the room, and he goes up, and his response to finding out that he's going to be uh, hung you know, for the murder of the president. He just screams out, you are all consummate jackasses. (laughs) I couldn't think of a better one than that. Could you imagine that on C-SPAN if OJ is just like, man. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, the thing is he actually enjoyed finally being noticed Uh, he remained absolutely oblivious that he was the country's biggest villain so it's like it's almost that thing like in the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton where Nicholson is like uh, he he thinks he's like a great guy the Joker's actually a hero he's like I'm just making the world more beautiful (laughs) but uh, he goes ahead now he's set to be executed right Uh, and he dances his way down to the gallows literally dances he's Mm -hmm. smiling the entire time it's like a Broadway production almost uh, shakes the hand Kiki of his... Kiki
2: dance?
1: <laughs> make him laugh, make him laugh, make him laugh.
0: He shakes oh the hand God. of his hangman, okay? I can't even look at a doctor when they give me a shot, right? <laughs> but he shakes the hand of the hangman, okay? And then sings a poem that he had written about coming home to the Lord. The original request was to have a live band play behind him. <laughs> they denied the that? Gout. They denied that request, right? And he's singing a whole thing about coming back to the Lord Do we know his
2: last meal that he requested? I
0: wonder. uh, I do wonder. Um, He smiled as the hood was placed over his head, right? And when they pulled, uh, the hangman went ahead and, you know, uh, operated the noose, if you will. They dropped the floorboard and his neck broke instantly. No peace out? No peace out. But, yeah, so he goes ahead. He's now dead. And uh, the noose they used to hang him, some of the guards in the prison cut off little strands of it and they would sell it to people.
2: Hey, that's like cutting down the basketball net. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the final four moment. Oh, that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, my
0: uh, God. So they, they cut little chunks of the noose up for Yukon. Um,
1: <laughs> I can't even get past. That was fucking great.
0: <laughs> I told you. No, Kel's the best. Um, oh, man. So the, but now the thing is uh, now all of a sudden there's a market for this stuff. And people want that there's only so much of the noose to go around. Uh, So now the guards start saying, well, maybe we should dig up his body and start selling parts of his body off. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of weird stories. Another episode I want to do down the road is going to be about Osceola, okay, who was uh, the leader of the Seminole Indians, whose brain disappeared somewhere in St. Augustine, where I used to live. And uh, that's a fascinating – but people do like this stuff. There there was a, a Civil War general that kept his leg in a pickle jar. You know what I mean? A pickle barrel, rather I should say. <laughs> so there's
1: like, a there's a museum that has bits of Abraham Lincoln's skull. Like, no, you're not even kidding. Like, it's weird. I there's there's a, like,
2: the, they have stuff with Kennedy as well, right? They
1: do have stuff, with it, but there's still a
0: market to own a piece of a person's body in your home. Ugh. That that's what this. Mar- so now they're so afraid that they're going to dig this guy's body up, and he's going to you know it, they're going to up the media sensation again. They actually go ahead, they hi- uh, they inter his body, okay, and they actually had uh, his brain preserved. And to this day, at the Mudder Museum in Philadelphia, you can go see the brain of the man who shot President James A. Garfield. It is preserved to this day. That's
2: our next field trip. We've got a couple field trips lined up.
0: Exactly. And it's also fitting that that's in there down in Philly because, uh, you know, it's a a very Philly thing to do, right? they probably throw batteries at it and stuff (laughs) during (laughs) Eagles games. But the – the legacy of Garfield now is interesting because uh, he is regarded, like I said, as a lost president. OK. People thought he was going to do good stuff. He's almost like the – but he's forgotten in the big picture because it's a it's a dual thing. When you're the lost president of the time, you're a president we missed out on. But he's a lost president for us because we didn't even know the dude got assassinated, let alone he was president before this podcast started. He's almost the Renly Baratheon, if you will. <laughs> OK. Because, you know, it, you forget that Renly was a good character. You're like, yeah, he probably would have been a pretty good king on yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. but. And then he dies and then you forget everything's about it when you're in week – you know, season seven dealing with White Walkers and shit.
2: Especially when they all have the same <laughs> facial hair. <That's> a
0: <laughs> but uh, Garfield had lots of potential. Everybody agrees, but it was a cut very short. And it's important because he has a place in history too because this is the first time a president was incapacitated. So when Lincoln died, Lincoln died uh, – he was shot at night and then I believe he died 11 o'clock the next morning when he was finally done. Right. So up until that point, we would never had this weird transition of power. Where for 79 days, the president might not be able to do the duties of the president. right? So that's,
2: Was the public aware that he was oh, shot and yeah. suffering? And oh, yeah.
0: It was it – was, uh, They didn't try to hide news. that. From, no, didn't try to hide that at all. No no. An day.
1: assassination is still an assassination attempt. Like at this point, they're probably still like president shot. Like that's like yeah, but the they headline could, They
2: could say, every oh, paper. he's doing great.
0: It's a, well, the, the, they're not it, hiding it that well. They thought he was going to recover. So, like I said, that's why they waited to charge him because when it went south, they, it was terrible because we lost the president. But now they could charge Gitu with murder.
1: What do you think? What do you think Gitu would have done if Garfield survived? Like, what do you think his life would have been like? I know I don't think they would have. I feel like he would have succeeded in his insanity defense.
2: I feel like he would asked like for a new post or <laughs> a different city. I feel like, like he
1: would.
0: He'd try to get his. Uh, he'd try to join the Beach Boys or something <laughs> probably. <laughs>
1: He's picking up He'd say, forget vibrations. Paris. I want something better Even than next Paris. freaking Brian Wilson. <laughs> Crazy. Imagine if he
0: did run for president like you were saying, too. But uh, the reason why that was important, though, is because uh, Chester A. Arthur didn't know if he was president for 79 days. And like I said, when he finally died, that's the first guy you're going to tell, the vice president, that he's president now. But then he goes, oh, I hope that's wrong because the information wasn't getting around as fast. So that started the conversation that became super important. Because uh, Lyndon Johnson was sworn in almost immediately after Kennedy was shot because you can't have a vacuum of power in the highest office in the land. So Garfield is the person we based all this off of. So that's where the conversation really got started with that stuff, which is cool. But uh, the only way that we choose to – like remember, I mean the guy died in office. Kennedy has the Kennedy Library. Uh, Lincoln is regarded – I mean these guys are regarded as some of the greatest presidents of all time. James A. Garfield has a town in New Jersey named after him. That's oh all Oh, my got.
2: gosh. Yeah.
0: Yep. Garfield, New Jersey, uh, which um, – uh, what's the name of that steakhouse over there, Kelp, We used to always go to that your dad would torture you at. They say he he's going to have your wedding at. <laughs> Charlie Bloods. Oh, yeah. Charlie Bloods. I think that
2: closed up shop.
0: No, uh, uh, it's weird. I went there with my dad. It's uh, it's the most bizarre place on earth, but uh, uh, still a great steak.
2: I forgot my dad used to say that.
0: I would have your dad as a guest on this podcast, but my Uncle Bobby is insane. Kahuna, (laughs) all right? He would speak Gaelic to me the entire time. The entire
2: time. Just bust my balls out of here.
0: Gaelic? What? Oh, he's a fluent Irish speaker.
1: Wow.
0: He's a fascinating guy, man. But uh, the last thing I want to say here, though, is that uh, before it was known as Garfield, it was known as East Passaic, right? And then they decided to name the town in honor of the president who had been killed. So they go ahead. So I want you to know, if you try to vacation in New Jersey and you die... We'll at least name a town after you. You know what I mean? You're not getting much. You'll get that out of us.
1: (laughs) Come for the shore. Die for the town naming.
0: Exactly. So what what I'm going (laughs) to say, I don't know how you guys feel. The way I'm looking at it, uh, Gitu is an epic American loser.
1: Oh, of epic – no, like of severe proportions. He's an absolute loser. The foundation of the hipster. (laughs) <laughs> I, do, I
0: hate how much sense that makes, too. But I'm going to say Charles J. Gattu was the American loser of this story and that James A. Garfield was a victim of circumstance. Uh, it so, sounds like
2: he was about to be my favorite president ever
0: before it, this happened. He was a pretty good dude on that one, which was cool. But uh, I think the jury's out. We're all going to agree is the loser here.
2: Oh, complete loser. I
1: have a proposition. Can we? Can you name a category for the ultimate American loser? Like... This guy is such a loser. He's Charles A. Gatto, Gatto status. From now on, if someone is equally this bad, he is just a Charles A. Gattu.
2: Like you just pulled a Charles Gattu. Like next you time psych- someone's a loser. Gonna, you
0: psychopath. Oh, we're going to turn him into a verb, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, I like what we're doing here. <laughs> he is the standard bear right now because uh, Grover Cleveland, not exactly a loser. No. Uh, James A. Garfield, not exactly a loser. No. no. These were good men who just had weird circumstances going on. Book Two was one of the most fascinating reads I've I mean, ever you had We couldn't here.
2: even get a chick at a colt about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Kel, do you have anything you wanted to say before we wrap it up
2: here? I just had so much fun.
0: You're the coolest.
2: <laughs>
0: I hope uh, – It was
2: uh, nice having you. It was so much fun.
0: I, I wanted to come on back, too. And uh, like I said, we're going to have old – my dilf of a father will be back for further episodes. I promise. He he got a lot. He has fans now. I'm
2: sure. It's uh. insane. It's uh, – a. I was definitely not trying to fill those shoes.
0: (laughs) Uh, Real quick, I do want to just plug my last thing here if I can. It's uh, September 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th. I'm going to be down at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant opening up for one of my best friends on planet Earth, Joe Fernandez. Uh, It's his first full week headline at that club. I'm very honored to be the feature all that week. Come on down to a show if you can on that one. If uh, That's uh, for the Jersey Shore people here. But uh, up north, September 21st and 22nd, I am hosting all four shows in Bud Lake at the Comedy Shop for legendary Dom Irera. So hey. fresh off a of Comedy Central roast too man. He was pretty kick ass. Oh, nice. I'm very excited about all that stuff here guys. Uh Kahuna, I want to say thank you again. I want to thank Ming Chen and Mike Zapsik, everybody at a Shared Universe for letting us do this. I want to thank my cousin Kelly. Thank you for being here. You're the best. Uh you know, I love you. I
2: oh, love and, uh, you too.
1: <laughs> I know we just ended but I just want to point out Charles was married. Charles was married for a brief time to this to this girl, but like it only lasted like 5 years. Up your standards,
0: ladies. Up your standards. (laughs) Oh, man. You married Charles. Get out.
2: (laughs) You just married Charles. Get out. (laughs)
0: Uh, But again, thank you very much, guys. This has been American Loser. Check us out.